Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. This is Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac. Okay, welcome into the show. We'll take you up until the 11 o'clock hour on this Tuesday. Martin Kilcoin, the sports director at Fox 2, will be in studio in just a moment. And a lot to get into. If you didn't hear it, John Brebby has signed a deal with the Giants. One year, 800000 was non-tendered by the Cardinals. In 2019, in the last full season, he went 72 and two thirds, and three and four ERA was about three and a half. So good luck to John Brebbia and the Giants have him for this year, and then two more years of control. Uh, college football rankings in, or rather, college basketball rankings. Mizzou jumps up two spots to number 14. Illinois drops five to 18. Slu. Uh, is still out of the top 25. They'll take on UMKC tomorrow night. You can see that game on Fox Sports Midwest. Uh, Speaking of Mizzou, college football, Nick Bolton opts out of the bowl game, and the senior is going to focus on the draft. He's fifth in the SEC in tackles with 95. He had five sacks, uh, six deflections. Last year, he was all SEC. Third highest rated inside linebacker on Mel Kuyper's draft board for what it uh, whatever it's worth but um i don't I, you know to me i don't mind that at all i mean make sure you don't get hurt go get paid go get drafted and he's done his job at mizzou and he did it quite well if you missed it yesterday with alex ferrario the guest was chief craig baruby now we know there is return to play january 13th is the date for the National Hockey League, January 3rd, will be training camp. And bottom line, Craig Berube says he's excited to be back. No, we're excited, obviously. Uh, getting getting back to playing hockey and, uh, you know, guys are guys are ready. <clears throat> Our guys have been here, you know, skating, getting ready, and uh, everybody's excited. Everybody is excited. That includes the fans. And you're in a team, including the Blues, that uh, are in, in a division that has eight teams. So, basically... For the 56 games, you're pre- uh, preparing for just seven teams. Well, you can really dial it in. Um, like I said, you know, you can you can take these teams and really dissect them, you know, as much as you want. It's it's definitely a lot easier uh, in that way pre-scouting uh, than it is in normal years. You know, you're you're traveling all over, you're playing east, west, everywhere, so uh, you don't get to see a lot of these teams a lot of times um, when you within the normal season. But for this season coming up, we're gonna see these teams plenty so we're really going to know our opposition very well and they're going to know them really well and they're going to do it with a new captain and it looks like it's going to be ryan o'reilly i kind of went over that i think like a lot of our guys uh are ready for that you know um and he's he's just one of them if you look at the way he works day in and day out on the ice off the ice you know we all see it we all see him how much extra time he spends out on the ice uh, doing extra and you watch, you know, you watch how many guys are staying out there with them now. You know, that's just leadership. And, uh, you know, so you don't really have to look much past that. And when you think about the Blues or really any team shortened season, 56 games, a lot of pressure is put on the backup goaltender because you could have a lot of back-to-backs. Yeah, well, I had Billy in the minors. 
as a rookie. Uh, you know, I know him pretty well. He Billy's a t- talented goalie. He's got great size in the net. He, he plays big in the net. Um, he's going to get in the way of a lot of shots. You know, that's a, you know, that's a big kind of the, the way I can describe him. You know, he's going to get in the way of a lot of shots. He's a talented goalie. Uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, he's excited about getting an opportunity to play in the NHL this year, and it's, he's going to play a big role. So, you know, we're excited too. Uh, we, you know, he's been down in the minors the last three years and learning and, and, and working on his game. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, he, he can perform at a high enough level to be a real successful goalie up here for us. 65780 65780 that is the air covered service text line. Danny Mack, the Cardinals couldn't have kept Brebbia? Really? Here's what I, I think they're going with this. So they save about $800,000 on that. Brebbia is coming off a of Tommy John surgery. Now he did sign a major league deal with the Giants. If Brebbia would have come back and said you could have got a minor league deal out of him, um, then he'd be back in St. Louis. But he got a major league deal, so I'm happy that he got that. The reason I think that they did this is that they feel that they can fill that position and it's going to be filled already. I'm just going off the top of my head here. So looking at uh, the rotation of the Cardinals, and I'm going to throw, I'm going to go ahead and throw Gomber and Reyes in this. I'm going to say that, and this is minus Adam Wainwright, which then could shake it up a bit. But you've got KK, you got Flaherty, Gomber, Reyes, Michaelis. Those are your five starters. And this is where John Brebbia would be fighting for a spot. And again, you don't know if he would have been ready to go at the beginning of the season, coming off of Tommy John. Then once he comes back, you're trying to really ease him back in. Um, it's not like all of a sudden, boom, he's back and you're off and running, at least in my opinion. So these are guys that could be in your bullpen that uh, will be asked probably to stretch out at star- as starters. Genesis Cabrera, Carlos Martinez, uh, who else? Ryan Helsley, John Gant, Johan Oviedo might start in the minor leagues anyway. Jake Woodford, who we saw, Daniel Ponce de Leon, and, and those guys could be in the rotation as well. And that's not even including in your bullpen a Cody Whitley, who looked really good last year. Tyler Webb, you know, from the left side. You know Andrew Miller from the left side. You know Gallegos is going to be there. Jordan Hicks is coming off of Tommy John. So I think you're getting my point here is that you get, you've got depth and I'm not sure that they felt that they needed to go in that direction with John Brebbia. And that doesn't even include, I'm thinking off the top of my head here, a junior Fernandez, a Seth Elledge, uh, Meisinger's another one. And at some point you're going to be adding Matthew Libertor and Thompson. That's a lot of guys. That's what I, what I named there, Tanner, like 21 guys, 22 guys, probably something in that range. Yeah. yeah minus Wainwright. Wow. So if you put Wainwright in the rotation, that's another guy in your bullpen. And that's why I think it wasn't a money thing, at least in my opinion. It was more about they had people there that are healthy coming back. And do I think John Brebby is a good major league pitcher? Absolutely. I think he's really good. I think he's unheralded in a lot of ways. He was kind of a bridge glue guy. But coming off of Tommy John, they feel that they have some options right off the bat if we get to opening day, knock on wood and get off to, to the right start with the season on time. That's probably why they did that. Now, the key is, though, and something to think about, there's two years of control with that, and they're letting that go. But they feel they have more arms coming. That's what happens in Major League Baseball. All right, 65780, if you want to jump in the conversation, we'll get to that. We're going to visit with Martin Kilcoin coming up. He'll be in studio. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. 
This is 101 ESPN. On a Tuesday, we get the chance to talk it over with Martin Kilcoin, the sports director at Channel 2. And Martin has been kind enough to come in and visit us in studio with Scoops with Danny Mack on 101. What's going on, Martin? Dan, good to see you. Good to see 2020 almost disappear, isn't it? Oh, my God. I know it's cliche, but I'm so excited to flip the calendar and just move on. I mean, it's just, it's, I know your world is even worse because of, you know, baseball and not having the work to do. And I don't know why I'm bringing this up and depressing you, but yeah, I'm, thanks. but it's I know awesome. for a lot of folks just getting past 2020, even though things will still be a challenge, I think just mentally getting to 2021, it's going to be a weird new year. So I think people are just exhilarated to like move past it. So that's what I'm excited about. How have you been able to, from a television perspective of covering sports when there hasn't been sports and yet they're telling you hey we we need 90 seconds we need two minutes and oh by the way you can't come in the studio uh figure it out how you're going to do it oh yeah by the way you can't get highlights or you can't even come in the building how have you guys been able to to navigate this i think in the beginning it was almost easier because people were at home they were bored and this zoom thing comes along and they're like oh i don't have to even put on pants oh i can just sit at my desk oh you can call me at 8 a.m and call me at 8 p.m I think in the beginning, it was like people were willing. It wasn't easy, but it was easier to get people to do stuff because they were stuck at home. And then people just got sick of Zoom. And then you're like, hey, you want to promote your thing? No, not really. Like, hey, we can call you at any time. Like, ah. I mean, I think people just got so burnt out that they almost preferred to be in the studio. You know, hey, why don't you? Let me you, come out of my house. Do you guys still send limos? <laughs> right. Hey, come pick me up. Boy, that's a bygone era, wasn't it? It really a is. A limousine for our Sunday night shows and picking up guests and we had we all everybody in town had a deal with and in the limo and my, I had a news director for a while who hated it and said why are we doing this limo deal and I think it was trade it wasn't like we didn't pay for it, but we didn't make money but they got mentioned but he hated it and I said you know what this does this guarantees the guest shows up that's it and so there were many Sunday nights though where the limo driver would call the sports office at Fox 2 and would say Hey, uh, we're at Dre Bly's house, but he's not answering. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, who lives nearby? Right. I'm like, okay, DeMarco's a block away. Go knock on his door and just tell him he forgot he's supposed to be here. You exactly. Know? So even with the limo, it didn't guarantee that guest would be there. But it helped. And then we started getting to where, let's just tape these things. Just take the panic out of it. On a su- There's so many Sunday nights. Yep. The worst was, and it wasn't a- that long ago, we had Steven Jackson coming in. And at the time, the Rams were bad. It doesn't narrow it down. But Jackson was good. And so he agreed to do the Sunday night show. And we're sitting in the lobby. Well, we had just moved to our Westport area studios out there with Channel 11. So artists, the PR guy, calls. And they're over at the old. He's, hey, man, man, what's this building now? It looks like they're tearing it down. I'm like, oh, you're at the old Fox, too. And this is at 915, so there's no time. So yeah. I think I interviewed Maurice Drummond that night, <laughs> and I said he is not Steven Jackson. But let's just talk about his career since we have all these tapes ready. Yeah, uh, Maurice, what do you think of this run he had well. against Seattle two years ago? And so the uh, the Zoom world made it easier, and I think now makes it harder because everybody, even in the people listening that are in the business world, like, oh gosh, I got a Zoom tomorrow. Yep, I, I agree. Gotta, you know, I talked cousin John's wife the other day. She's a teacher, and she said, you know what, I'm sick of is not even just the Zoom virtual teaching but the kids who won't click their camera. So you just see like their name. She said, you don't even have eye contact. 
because some of the kids are either too lazy or too stubborn. Or they're playing video games right. while they're listening in or whatever. And I guess they can't make them do it. But I would think if you're a teacher, you got to see the kid. Yeah. Even if they're laying in a beanbag chair, you just want to see them. So goodbye 2020. What was the question? Well, I, I do have a question about <laughs> this, though. I do think in our business, Zoom may change our access to athletes. You know, for instance, if you have, you know, the days of maybe congregating in baseball, I'll use that as a great example. I'm around it every day. It used to be everybody kind of got together. You could go in the clubhouse, you go visit with players. Post game, it was wide open. I think those days, at least for the time being, for sure, but maybe in generally speaking in the future, that may change in, in how the game is covered access-wise with the media. Yeah, I think, I think the players probably liked it. Oh, the players probably love it. But I think there's a concern for people in the press because it is – you get better stories being down there. And there's if, no doubt. If you're a fan and you're saying, oh, I don't care about the media, well, you should care because you like the insider, you like the, the scoops, as it were. And you're not going to get that from a Zoom. You're just not. It's not like, okay, everybody else off the Zoom? Hey, uh, Mo, just since it's, we're the only two left online, then nobody's going to trust that. Right. So I, I think in the short term, you're right. 2021, access will be weird, limited, similar to what we've been doing. I think down the road, maybe not across the board, but I think down the road we'll get back to being a little more normalized because I think, I think teams want the coverage eventually at, uh, at yeah. some point. We've got to have it to get people's interest going. And the decision makers are not the players. So the, the, the teams and the owners are, okay, you're right, you're right. Yeah, we got to do this. That's fine. And the players are like, well, we don't want it. They're like, too bad. Yeah. I mean, it won't be the first time that baseball's ownership kind of dictates terms to the players that they don't like. I agree the players would probably love to have less and less media, but I think there'll be an awareness, especially the writers, the power they have in baseball, historically and still yeah. do like you, you never talk about I mean, the football writers okay a little bit basketball writers okay but baseball writers seem to have for years had this kind of media power within their sport I mean we look at it we always make fun of it but during a playoff run for the Cardinals Dan McLaughlin voice of the Cardinals on Fox Sports Midwest is sitting next to me in the auxiliary press box <laughs> And the guy from the Tulsa Leader Herald Gazette yep. is sitting right behind home plate. Right. That's the power that the writers have. So I think they'll be able to push hard for that access. What do you think of a 56-game NHL schedule as we bounce around with Martin Kilcoyne, sports director at Channel 2? Uh, I think it's the best they could do. I don't blame them. I mean, if I'll take it over no hockey. I don't know how this will work. I think some fans is what they're hoping, at least on the Blues front. Maybe it gets better by later in the year. But – you're now talking about two seasons that have been bastardized, where the one almost had a regular, regular season, then had a weird postseason. This one, you're going to have a shortened regular season. But I'm happy as heck that it's coming back. Oh, yeah. I mean, short training camp, who cares? These guys are, you know, Doug Armstrong said, if these guys think they're coming to town to get into shape, it's too late. Yeah. Like, because the, the camp on the third, you better be ready. Games start on the 13th. That's a short runway. But I'm excited. I think being in that Western division, there's going to be some great teams, maybe getting away from some even better teams. It doesn't bother me if we have some later games. I mean, the fact that they're playing, I'm happy. And this Blues team, I'm kind of excited to see with O'Reilly the captain, with Tory Krug on the power play. I'm just, it's different, and sometimes different is fun for us. Sometimes you need turnover, too. From yeah. a team's perspective, turnover is not necessarily the worst thing. Yeah, and, and with, a, with a captain gone like Petrangelo, it could change the vibe in the room, and maybe for for the better. I don't know. I'm not in that room. I'm just saying when you change at that level, the higher the and Alexander Steen, who'd been in that room a long time, so it's definitely a fresher feel in the room. 
maybe good, maybe bad. I'm not saying one way or the other, but I think in sports, they all kind of look for that. In, th- in this case, Steen gets injured, Petro signs elsewhere. Okay, it kind of, it kind of forced it on them. Okay, so what are we going to look like now? They should still be really good and still be able to contend. And that's if you're a Blues fan, you just want to see them playing games. So speaking of turnover, do you think it'd be good or bad if Yachty and Wayno don't come back with the Cardinals? <laughs> we, we went to the Yachty Wayno. Um, I'm jumping all over the place. Okay. I got limited time. With all right. You. Okay. Okay. Let's go here. You're my friend. Um, I think. What do I think it'd be? No. I I have said on the TV side. That it's not nostalgia. I think right now in 2021, they kind of need both. Like who? Okay, let's say Yachty goes elsewhere, and he's clearly interested in seeing what other teams will pay him, and I don't blame him for that. But if he's not my catcher, who is? And if it's Andrew Kisner every day, well, I'm not sure we're as good as we would be with Yachty. Okay, Wainwright, my rotation. Yes, we have a lot of arms, but we also have a lot of question marks attached, and guys who are not necessarily healthy or who weren't healthy last year. I kind of know what I'm getting. So I think you're a better team with those two back. It would certainly, from the, the Blues analogy, it would change the the hierarchy of the, the room for sure. I think there might be a leadership void. If you took Molina, oh, yeah. by example, Wainwright by vocal, take those two out of that, that, that room, I think it would change dramatically. I don't know. That would be an interesting, not – power void but like who would become you know maybe a guy like the young emerges a little more maybe goldschmidt's a quiet guy but i don't know that that would be a great thing for that group i'm trying to think of who would actually emerge i mean like colton wong's gone there's a guy who'd been here a while and who had been through a lot of the wars i always look at everyday players too pitchers are one thing i mean wayno's been here forever the resume is there so that's part of it but when you play every day you know, Flaherty could kind of take the Wayno role eventually. Maybe not next year, have a great year, then it becomes his truly his team on the pitching side, position player side. I'm not sure. Like you said, DeYoung maybe. Because well, just personality-wise, it's not really Goldschmidt's style. I don't think it's Dexter Fowler's style. I don't think Matt Carpenter would want to be that guy, but also he's got to get his own game going first and foremost. So that would be if both – are not back. That's an interesting makeup there in terms of who kind of sets the tone because there's always been these guys who handed the baton how we do things. Chris Carpenter did it to Wainwright. You know, there was Albert for a long time and Yachty comes along. So who would immediately step up and, and be a leader on that group? That I mean, somebody would, but it's not real obvious, is it? It's no. not real obvious. And I, I do think you're better with both of them back. What's the math? I don't know what's it worth. I wonder if Wainwright's debating, do I just want to retire, get into broadcasting? I feel like that's more his, you know, dilemma right now, whereas Yachty's like respect and money and who wants me and who's going to pay me, whereas Wainwright's kind of like, do I want to do it or am I ready to move on? And I, I, that's my sense at least. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair way to put it. I also think that you could look at this year – they're never going to say it's a transition year, but just read the tea leaves. When you have the the kind of numbers that are coming off the books financially this year and the players, big-name players coming off the books, uh, they're going to have a lot of money to play with. You don't know what we're gonna, where we're going to be in our world with the virus, who's coming to the ballpark, budgets, those kind of things. So it's almost a transition year kind of for the Cardinals, too, in that regard as well. Right, and it probably realistically is a year where you're just trying to get by. So if you had to – 
live without these two icons, it'd probably be the year to do it. If it was a typical year where, hey, we, we're going to contend to win the yeah, division, I don't know if you it, do would, it. it would be hard to like pass it off on your fan base. But if you had to like say, listen, we're starting over in every way possible, including the leadership group, it's probably the year to get through that. There's no doubt about it. It's, it's kind of opened – You know, I, I used to make fun of radio guys for having different – style some were begging for calls please call in hey, right cards have a big game tonight call in please and or stumbles into a hot take guy where you just start talking about something and you realize hey that's a good topic i think minus wainwright and molina is an interesting discussion about who are the leaders you know in that room who kind of emerges because you know bader's still too young o'neill's still young and unproven you know carlson's super young I think I would have put it on Wong a little bit if he were still here, but I don't have a great answer for you. No. You know, I mean, no. Michaelis is respected. I think even though he doesn't have a long resume in the big leagues, I'm just starting. I'm just in my head, names yeah. are popping up. Matt Carpenter might have to, for at least a year, be that guy and say, "Hey, here's how we do it around here." I don't think he would want that necessarily. But it's a fun topic, Dan. Thank you for stumbling into a good topic. That's a good. I one. mean, you, I mean, you planned that's it, of gonna, course. Well, that's going to be. Uh, I can just see it. It's going to be on the uh, Lou Fuse. Um, what do you call that thing? At, uh, oh, the Kilcoin Opinion. Yeah, this is a future TKO. Yeah, that's a TKO if I've ever seen Offenberg one. Offenberg Dealer Group of Illinois brings you the nightly TKO, or as Dan says, the Lou Fuse TKO. It may have been oh, sponsored by Lou at one time. Lou Fuse. Um, Anyway, Good job with them on the gift cards, by the way. I saw that note. Very, Wasn't that great? Very cool. Uh, they donated $220,000 worth of gift cards from local restaurants that have been shut down. To No, that's outstanding. Yeah, it's, they're, they're, they're good people. Um, and a lot of restaurants said, even when the pandemic started, that's the only way they got through, Yeah, was selling as many of those as they could, saying, do business with us later, but we need the cash now. Absolutely. Um, and... Uh, a couple of, well, there's a couple of things I want to ask you real quickly. Mizzou going to Music City Bowl with the players, by the way, going home for Christmas, then coming back. That's that's kind of playing with fire, isn't it? Right. It's funny because your first reaction is, oh, good for them. That's nice. Yeah. This, this schedule is perfect. They get to go home for Christmas, and then they'll be done by New Year's, and you're like, wait a minute. We've had games wiped out left and right. And we can keep them kind of in a pseudo bubble here through right. December 30th, which I – Look, they're human beings or kids. They should have that ability to go home. Right, but, but it who, makes you nervous. But who am I to sit there and say, for my enjoyment, I need you to stay there? Right. I think the the truth is probably even sitting down in Columbia, they're not all staying put. They're probably going to, probably to bars. They're probably going to fraternity parties. They're probably hanging out with their buddies. They're probably not all following the rules the way they're supposed to. The kids who follow the rules in Columbia will go home and probably still follow the rules. But it certainly increases the risk. I mean, you'd hate to get two days out of a game, a bowl game that you want to play and have a handful of guys out. And their numbers are pretty lean already, depth-wise. Right. It's like 52, 54. Yeah. No, I think it's a legitimate concern. But I, I'm guessing that Drinkwitz said, listen, it's I'm not going to be the coach who says you can't go home for Christmas. Yeah. I'm just not going to be that guy. And so let's beat it into their heads. I'm sure they're doing that. Like, you got to be smart. Please, we got a bowl. You guys want to play. You got to do the right things. Go home, be with your family, but don't do anything else. But it's definitely a risk because I'm hoping they get to the game. Tough game, but it's fun when you're playing late in December. I don't care what year it is or what the situation is. To be playing in a bowl game for a team that we thought would win two or three games, it's great. I'll wrap it up with this. I think SLU is really good basketball-wise. Martin Kilcoin, my guest, Fox Channel 2 sports director. 
it's just so unfortunate there's no fans because this is the year I I do think they would have moved the needle not only in fan interest but the place would have been packed. Um, it's not to say that it, it won't move the needle with fan interest. It just you just don't know when you see the place and you see the atmosphere. It's different when you're just watching an empty facility. It's like watching a really high end scrimmage. It really is right, right now with college basketball. It's such a good team and a fun team. Really are and. I think for SLU, it's always been that next level. Like, how do you get, in terms of local interest, how do you just kind of jump up a notch? They kind of did it with Spoonball. You know, the Majerus era was just getting it going and then it dropped off before they could maintain that momentum. And I use the comparison not because I went to Marquette, but in that town, there are so many people who go to the games. I mean, they play Pfizer. They used to be the Bradley Center. But it's an 18,000, 20,000-seat arena, and it's almost full for most of the games, those aren't all alums. Like, SLU is heavily on their alums. People that went there love to go to the games. In Milwaukee, people have season tickets that are just from the town, that like going to the games. And that's the level I've always wanted always wanted SLU to get to next. It's very important, the alarm going off. Well, It was a hot take alert, by the way. That's why I had to hurry. But um, if they could just get that basketball fan in St. Louis that didn't go to SLU but loves good basketball, and that's – that's the crowd that should be won over yeah. by the product they have right now. And for some reason, they can't quite get there. And it's such an awesome facility. When you go and there's 9,000 and it feels packed. Yep. When they were playing over at the Scott Trade or Keel Center back in the day, it didn't feel right. Nope. You know? um, but it's a great team. So at least, at minimum, check them out on TV with uh, Coach Dan and Coach Scotty and as many games as you can catch on TV. Thank you, sir, for stopping in. Appreciate it. Dan, have Merry Scoops to you. Merry uh, Scoops to you. Merry Christmas. That's Martin Kilcoin, Fox Sports Director at Fox Channel 2. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Following up with that with uh, Tanner, we did have Brett Bielema, the new head coach of Illinois. This morning, I was filling in for Michelle Smallman, and we had Brett on with Randy Carricker, and we talked about St. Louis recruiting and if he's going to be able to get in right away and start recruiting some of these kids. It, uh, St. Louis and, um, you know, the, the part that has jumped out to me from a young coach to where we are today, it just consistently has talent. You know, you can go in there. Uh, obviously, we'll get someone that's probably – you know, pretty uh, strategically recruited that area before. But then, you know, I remember signing uh, Monty Ball, you know, who was everybody thinks, well, you don't got to leave the St. Louis area. Well, in that surrounding area and out in southern Illinois, there's a lot of great football players around there as well. So we'll get our, our knees in there and, uh, you know, go to work and, um, you know, build an established foundation because it's really, it's got to be a critical area for us here with our campus being where it is and located to where it is. So just naturally it's a good fit and it'll be a high priority for us as all especially for me as a head coach. He's recruited the Midwest, won three Big Ten titles with Wisconsin. He knows the Midwest. He's back in the Big Ten. Uh, It's going to be fun to see what he can do. We also had this morning on Tyler O'Neill, outfielder, gold glover of the St. Louis Cardinals. And what about that offense, which was at times non-existent for the Cardinals? What kind of faith should fans have in that Cardinals offense in 21? Yeah, I mean, we we have a firm plan on what we're doing. You know, we're making sure we're getting our reps, reps on the field. We were unable to do that this year um, because we had a million doubleheaders in that one month. Uh, his body's hurting a bit, so we were trying to stay off the field and just hitting the cage and get ready and go. So, I mean, it was a tough year. We were doing everything we could physically to be ready. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes we were unable to get all the work in that we would have liked on a normal schedule. 
But, you know, again, we are all in it together and there's no excuses. Everybody else had to do it. And uh, we were unfortunate enough to get caught out with an outbreak and uh, put us behind the step. But, you know, we, we worked our tails off. We did as best we could. And by all accounts, he's going to get a great shot this year. He puts up some numbers. He stays in. If not, he's going to sit. But it does beg the question, what could he do if he got 500 at-bats? You know, that's a that's, uh, question to be answered still. You know, I know my ability. I've proved it in the past in, in bits and pieces. And I think I can get, get really going if, if we get those consistent ABs. Um, but... You know, it's just sometimes the way things work out. You know, I haven't been able to get that full opportunity yet, but, you know, I'm just going to keep working, keep grinding to give myself those those more opportunities, and hopefully uh, hopefully they come and pay off. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I have the utmost confidence in myself to do to do damage. 6-1-8, Danny Mack. Who gets the alternate captains for the St. Louis Blues now that Ryan O'Reilly is the captain? It's a good question. Um I think kind of sliding under the radar, and I'll ask Alex about this on the crossover, but I think David Perron is somebody that maybe you could look at. I think Justin Falk, if you gave him an A with added responsibility in year two with the St. Louis Blues, and his ice time should be different, his role will be different with Petro gone. I think that's something you look at. Colton Pareko would be in the fold for quite a number of years, take on another level of what he can do defensively. So that would be a guy I would think about. And another obvious choice would be Braden Shen. I think Shen, any of those combinations of guys would be players that I'm looking at. 314, Danny Mac, love you. Does Yachty get a statue if he leaves outside of the stadium? Yes. Yes. So does, well, I don't know if Wayno would, because Wayno may not be a baseball Hall of Famer. He'll be a Cardinal Hall of Famer. Yachty will be a baseball Hall of Famer. Uh, Yachty will get a statue outside of Bush Stadium. The question will be, what will the statue look like? Will it be him in a catcher's position? Will it be him throwing? Does it have the mask on top of the head? Is it him pointing at somebody? Maybe it's his home run in 06 against the Mets. Takes great pride in his offense. And the player's going to have some um, of the insight and what they want with that statue too. But you want the statue to define what you were as a baseball player. Lou Brock, for instance, now, you know, people say, well, great base dealer. Well, he had 3,000 plus hits. So the guy could hit a little bit too. So you got to put in their input as well on what he wants to do with that. So I do think that that's something that would be up for debate, but it's kind of some uh, kind of fun just to, to talk about it. But yes, I do think he'll have a statue out there. 636, at what point does um, the free agent activity start? I would anticipate next month. I think at that point, we have a better idea of when the vaccine would hit Major League Baseball, and that means when players are vaccinated, when the season would officially start. You know, spring training could get pushed back. Spring training typically is for the pitchers anyway. Nowadays, you know, spring training used to be for everybody. Now these players, it's a year-round job. They're ready to go. They need some live ABs, not many, and they're ready to go. Pitchers have to get stretched out. Um, And so because of that, I think free agency, if you had a better idea of exactly when it starts, and if you knew that fans were going to be in the seats, then you know what your budget is, you know who's coming through the turnstiles, then you know what to spend. And that's when I think you have a better idea of when free agency will look like or what it will look like. But until we get that point, uh, we just don't know. Thank you for some of the texts. I know I can't get to all of them. I apologize. I try to get to as many as I can. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. 
Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Close to home or close to work. For quality tires and expert auto service, you can always count on Dobbs. Skims with Danny Mac. We do this uh, every day, 10 o'clock on 101 ESPN. I'll be back with you tomorrow at 7, filling in for Michelle with Randy Carricker. Let's bring in Alex Ferrario, part of the next program of greatness here on 101 ESPN. And Alex, uh, you know, smile on your face. I mean, I don't know if I've been able to, to see you not smile after finding out that January 13th, they're dropping the puck. January 3rd is when Blues training camp opens up. You guys had Craig Berube on yesterday. You could sense some excitement with him yesterday, couldn't you? Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, Craig Berube said at some point in that interview, uh, let's do that hockey. So uh, I would imagine Craig Berube is just as excited as all of us is. Uh, but uh, yeah, without question, Dan, I mean, look, you know, you're not going to get any normal scene. We're almost through 2020, which is a, a, a phenomenal feat in itself. But the fact that we are able to get back to having hockey, to having baseball at some point, it just provides that uh, that little bit extra that you need to kind of push through. So, you know, is it going to be fun? Of course, it's going to be fun. Is it going to be different? Heck yes, because we are going to have some of these late games. But I heard you and Randy talk about Michael Russo's tweet saying that, you know, the NHL might be a little... Um, um, you know, they, they understand the fan frustration of the later start. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some earlier starts, uh, when they're playing on the West coast. What else stood out in your visit with Craig Berube for those that didn't hear it. And if you want to go back and listen, it's on the podcast on one one ESPN.com presented by I promise. So, uh, what else stood out for you that caught your attention? You know, the one thing, Dan, that he talked about was playing in this shortened season because I asked him, you know, he was an assistant coach in Philadelphia for that 2012-2013 season that played 48 games. And that is a shorter amount of games and a shorter amount of time than what the NHL is going to be having when they start up on January 13th. But he said these are two very different things. You know, on those 48-game schedules, you still played everyone in your conference. You didn't play the East or the West but you played everyone in your conference. He said, this is going to be a challenge for every team because you're playing the exact same roster eight times. You're playing Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota, so on and so forth. All of these guys eight times. So it's going to take, uh, it's going to take mental strength. It's going to take uh, depth, which is going to be important with this taxi squad, which we talked about uh, with Craig as well, but it's really going to come down to who wants it more because you, you, as the cliche goes, Dan, you know this from covering hockey, you can't win the Stanley Cup at the beginning of the season, but you sure as hell can lose the Stanley Cup. And that is more true than ever for this season, that if you don't start off hot, if you go on a losing streak in the first week, month of the season, you could be out of a playoff position. Yeah, you've got to get off to a hot start. We talked about that with baseball, and and there are similarities there with a 60-game season, and in this case, 56 in the NHL. You have to get off to a hot start. I don't know if you agree with my assessment and how I, I view this. To me, it's like everybody after the All-Star break is even, and it's a race mm-hmm. to the finish, and that's how I look at the season. I, I think that's the way you look at it. That's exactly how you have to look at it. I mean, look, you got four teams in every division uh, that is going to make the postseason and the Canadian division in itself. I know the Blues yeah. aren't playing in that, but I mean, they only got seven teams, Dan. So f- so three teams in that division. And I would argue that there's only one team in that division that probably doesn't deserve the postseason, and that's Ottawa. But there's going to be three teams that do not make it into the playoffs this year in that division that deserve to be so. So, yeah, this is everyone on the same page. 
And look, this isn't a team that's going to go through a stretch of playing bad teams for a week. You know, like every once in a while, the Blues will have a stretch where they take on a couple of bottom dwellers, where they can kind of boost up and strengthen that uh, point schedule to make the playoffs. That's not going to happen this year. I don't care what anyone says about L.A., Anaheim, or San Jose that, ah, well, they're not good teams. Every time the Blues play them, they always come down to the wire. So this is going to be everyone even, everyone at the same amount of points at the beginning of the season. And as I said before, this is going to be a sprint to the finish line. And if you uh, if you, if you you misstep at some point, you're going to be sitting on the outside of the postseason. So it's going to be very important to start off hot uh, for the St. Louis Blues Club, which is what Craig Berube had talked about. BK, Alex Ferrario coming up next. What do you have coming up uh, on the program? Well, I know, uh, I know we got Jeremy Rutherford, uh, who uh, put the article out over the weekend about Ryan O'Reilly uh, possibly being named the captain. And then uh, we got uh, Bernie Federko, the f- former captain of the Blues. He's going to join us awesome. to talk about Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, but more importantly, Dan, we got my buddy BK back in studio after a, uh, after a weekend off. He's fresh. He's ready to go. The hot takes are about to be uh, to be even hotter than ever. You've been listening to Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast powered by I Promise. With Black Friday savings at the Home Depot, you'll find top brand kitchen appliances with innovative features that can do more so your holidays can be more. Ovens with built-in air fryers for baking the perfect cookies. Dishwashers with smart tech to clean everything from bakeware to festive mugs and high-capacity refrigerators to keep leftovers fresh. Shop Black Friday savings and get up to 30% off, plus instantly save up to $750 on select GE kitchen packages at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid November 2nd through November 30th. U.S. only. See store or online for details. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors... We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.